Yo, what's good? Happy Wednesday, everybody. It's your guy Dexter Henry here. Middle of another week. NBA action is continuing on and on. We are glad to see it. And we are back. Got some good stuff to talk about. You know what time it is on Wednesday. It's time for a little NBA with nuance. And so, you know, you lack nuance in the life sometimes. But we got to, you know, bring, bring the nuance uh, to the NBA. So we got some really good things to talk about uh, with my man, Gerard Hector, who joins me every Wednesday. And we're going to talk a little bit today about parity in the NBA. What that means for the NBA. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Do you like it? Do you not? We're also going to talk about one of the surprise teams in the league, the Indiana Pacers, who are off to a 13-11 and 11 start. And look, they got some impact done by rookies. And I got a lot to say about the Pacers and what they've been doing about that and what's interesting about that. And I'm really intrigued what Gerard uh, has to say about it because Gerard's the one that drives a lot of the topics here on Wednesday and lets me know what he wants to talk about. So I'm very intrigued to what he's got to say on that. So let's bring in Gerard, my man from the Seven Footers podcast. You also see him on True Hoop. You see him plenty of times with me on SNY and in New York Post. That is Gerard Hector. Gerard, what's up, man? How you doing? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I, you know what I'm happy about at this time of the year? That it's not like uh, 20 degrees yet. Uh, it's it's rainy and gloomy today, but it was 50 outside. And I, I was know. like, man, I'm happy it, for this 55 it's a It's a weird weather day, man. I'm like, it's warm in here right now, but it's like wet and gloomy. It's strange. Yeah. You know, just pick pick what you're going to do. That's where I'm at. Decide. Is it cold? Let's do it. Like, is it not? Come on. Let's just decide. I'm 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 always happy when we can put off the cold as as long as we can. I guess that's me. I'm I'm happy if we can uh, hide the cold for as long as as long as we can. I'll tell you what though, the more and more it whenever it rains, yeah. The, the I have these thoughts. I'll be in my car or something, about to get out. And I'm like, man, I'm glad I don't do that weather reporting. <laughs> Same way I feel when it's, when it's cold. I'm like, I'm glad I don't live that life anymore uh, at all. Y'all don't even understand. <laughs> I, I, I heard I heard a category five hurricane being like the winds are blowing at 85 miles an hour. Category five, eight, 85, but you, but I get your point. <laughs> I don't I'm, I'm I'm like making numbers up. I don't even know if that's even real. I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Yeah, 85 is nice. That's a that's a nice light no, no, category I, I, one. Oh, well, I said 85 degree winds. Oh 85 mile an hour winds, excuse me. That's not a category. I'm saying that's not a category five, bro. What was that? What's that? Category five is 140 to 150, which I oh have my been god, in, and that is ridiculous. So yes. you're like 85 ain't nothing. You're like I could do that. Nothing. If you felt 140 <laughs> to 150, you're like man, 85 ain't shit. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. 85 ain't nothing. 80, let me let me be clear. 85 is something. It can move you. Right. Person, you average weight size person, you it right. can move you. Right, one forty might pick your ass up and put you someplace else. That's the difference. And trust me, when it's when it's moving, you you know. Yeah, I was like, I just had to let you know. I was like, eighty five in no category. You're like that ain't nothing. Like that's that's like a category one. That, that's a category one. That's a category one, sir. <laughs> I actually think that's right on the outside of the category one. I actually think that's See, zero. I, mean, I, I gotta, you know, David knows all about this stuff because he lives in Florida and deals with hurricanes all the time. You, you and him could probably chat about that. You and Thorpe can chat about yeah, hurricanes. Coach, coach, coach Thorpe would have told you he's like, yeah, eighty five ain't nothing. We'll, we'll still stay here. We'll ride this out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no more weather talk. That's too that's too much. We're gonna talk some basketball. Um, Gerard, there we, you're gonna talk about parity. Um, mm-hmm. and I think when you look at the league, not just this year, but when you look at even last year, I think last year you heard all this talk was like, oh man, there's 
so many teams that can win the title more than ever before. There's no mm-hmm. presumptive favorites. You don't really have a major unbeatable super team, mm-hmm. if you should say. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think there's more parity in the NBA than ever before right now? I think so, Dexter, Um, because what you have is, aside from Boston and Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference, no one is really running away with anything, right? In the West, if you look at it, you're looking at two and a half games separating first and sixth place, right? I mean, three and a half separating first and tenth. So it's, it's especially in the West, there's such parity there. In the East, I mentioned the Celtics, and yes, of course, them and the, and the Bucks are up. But look, when you look from Cleveland through Toronto, who's in eighth, that's three and a half games separates them, right? So yep. it is, it's more parity than ever before. Yes, Boston and Milwaukee look like the favorites, but it is December 7th. Just because you're the favorites today don't mean come April 15th, you're going to be in that same spot. That's true. Absolutely true. Things can change. Listen, things change game to game, every 10 games or so. You know how these things can constantly be evolving. Um, in the NBA, I wanted to because you brought up both of the conferences and like the gaps um, or lack of gaps, I should say. It's not really much of a gap. Actually, the Western Conference is really interesting to me mm-hmm. because nobody's really running away with it. There's a little bit more separation between the top three in the East and then four to 11. We'll get to the East in a second. But in the Western Conference, nobody's really running away. The Phoenix Suns lead the lead at 16 to 7. Last week, I believe you had them in the category of yeah, but I'm kind of not sure about them as being contenders mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. yet. Denver looks like they've been mm-hmm. hanging around, but then they took mm-hmm. the L to the Mavericks last night, although the Mavericks mm-hmm. suspect that I'm stretching that game. <laughs> New Orleans, excuse me, they're second in the league right now, which is a team we also talked about last, last week in terms of what you wanted to see and how they could do, which I find rather interesting. Um, do you expect the West to be this tight all year? Like, do you think is somebody that can separate themselves here? Or is it I kind of, yeah, I, I kind of do. Now, look, if somebody gets injured, right, from one of these top teams and they're out for a month, six to eight weeks, well, then, yeah, you know, like another team can leapfrog them and go on a run and kind of get away from people, right? Injuries can always cause something to happen. But I see this kind of being a real tight throughout. You know, you mentioned Phoenix. They are top 10 in both offense and defense. The Pelicans, they're also top 10 in offense and defense. Matter of fact, the Pelicans are – they're close to top five in both. They're sixth in offensive rating and third in defensive rating. They're, I mean, they're looking outstanding. So I, I like what New Orleans is doing right now. You also have to worry about the Warriors. Uh, but again, I think coming off last year's title uh, run, I don't know that they're going to have the juice to, you know, exhaust themselves in a regular season. Because, you know, Golden State knows they ain't about winning 73 games, right? It's about the 16 at the end of the season that matters. So they may just, you know, kind of do their thing, make sure they got a, a playoff spot, and then, come postseason nobody wants to see them but yeah and memphis i mean there's so many teams in the west i think they're all going to be kind of jumbled together barring somebody has an uh an injury situation or the teams we mentioned especially new orleans they can make a trade dexter let's say new orleans moves some of their young pieces in a draft pick acquire some all-star wing from somewhere well they may go on a run right so there's a lot of things that can happen and that's something to keep your eye on because december 15th is when free agents who just signed they can get traded, uh, and then the trade deadline comes February 15th, so we're going to start seeing some action there. So um, a couple of team things on the teams you mentioned there. New Orleans, you talked about how they are sixth in uh, offense and third in defensive rating. 
the defense part of it, we talked about this last week, has been most impressive to me. But I think what's even more impressive when you look at them and their record and where they are in the West right now, and which would make me want to be a believer in them, is, yo, they – was I forgot what I was going to say. They haven't really had Ingram, mm-hmm, McCollum, mm-hmm, and Williamson totally mm-hmm. together a lot. And mm-hmm. that I find really interesting. Mm-hmm. Does that give you encouragement as to – why you think they could stay atop the Western Conference then? Oh, without question. And remember, Zion didn't play basketball all of last season. So he's still getting himself up to snuff. Now, he's, of course, playing well. But Dexter, I think by All-Star break, he's going to be even better than he is now. And if he's doing that, we talked about Brandon yes. Ingram, CJ McCown. Look, their bench is excellent. Uh, Jose Alvarado, Trey Murphy. The th- I mean, look, Trey Murphy, that boy can shoot. He can Rise up and high fly, get to the rim. I mean, they got talent, man. And I, I love this team. Of course, CJ, CJ McCollum. Listen, this team is some something special to watch. They, they got something cooking. You know, when they, they play Brooklyn first game of the season, and I was spending some time talking about some of their assistant coaches. And, you know, you we, we're in this business, Dex. You could always tell when coaches are just kind of giving you that spiel, like, oh, I feel great about the team. You know, the, the common stuff that they say. But when I was talking to them, they were like, nah, like, we got something cooking. Like, they, it was more than just like, you know, we're just hyping up our own guys. You could tell they're like, we we got something brewing here. And if they could figure this thing out, and mind you, they're number three in defense with Jonas Valanciunas starting at center. Jonas ain't exactly nobody's, uh, yes. you know, idea of an <laughs> outstanding defensive center, right? And they're still doing that well. So, look, th- you watch out. Now, what they're going to need, Dexter, of course, is going to be some seasoning come playoff time, right? Like, they they haven't been to the war. CJ has as an individual, but collectively, yes, they beat they took the Suns six games last year, but that's only one round, right? When they come up against a team that can execute on both ends, like a Golden State, in, right? Mm-hmm. How do they respond to that? They're going to need some seasoning, but I, I, I like that. So, yeah, that was that was one. Can't hear you. You can't hear me. Hold on one second. We got some audio issues. You keep talking. I'll have the I'll Gerard keep talking. Oh, I, 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 think, I think Dexter needs me to kind of run for this a little, little while. Like I said, look, they the Pelicans being top six on, on, on offense, third on defense, they're phenomenal. Again, they're going to need a little bit of seasoning to get themselves right come playoff time. But look, Memphis went to the conference semis last year, and I would argue John Morant's healthy because he missed three of those final games against the Warriors. Maybe they win that series. Look. Boston and Memphis were the only teams to push Golden State last season in the playoffs. And again, Morant missed three of those games. And one of those games, the Grizzlies blew the Warriors out. So, you know, it's not it's not unlikely that the Pelicans could not do something similar this year. All right, do you have me now? I cannot hear you at all now. Still can't <laughs> I don't know right. what's happening. <laughs> what's going on here? We're, we're, I, I'm going to keep talking. Anyway, shout out to my guy, Greg, who's in the chat. What's up, Greg? Yes, I agree with you. I think the Celtics are the favorites right now. Um, it is, you know, it's December. Let's, let's see where they are come come April, but they're looking great. Um, you know, and you, the NBA season is long, right? Like, we're at the quarterway mark. When Christmas gets here, we'll be at about the halfway point, um, just about. Things will change by then. Then by the time we get to the All-Star break, that's about three quarters of the way through the season, right? So things move and change constantly. We're going to see which teams that started out the season maybe better than they thought, who's going to fall to the wayside and sort of like, you know, get back in that Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes. I'm looking at you, Oklahoma City. You know, we're talking about Indiana later. 
Indiana was a team that everybody thought might be, all right, we're going to fall by the wayside. You know, they're going to be in the Victor sweepstakes. But look, they're competing. Now, they have some issues, particularly defensively, um, that they may not be able to overcome because they're super young right now. But offensively, they're phenomenal. They can score a ton. So I like what, what's going on in Indiana. Um, Milwaukee, look, they just got Middleton back. Um, they're going to get back uh, Joe Ingles and Connaughton here. Look, Giannis is still Giannis, right? Like, he's still an outstanding player. I Look, if it's Boston-Milwaukee in the conference finals, um, that's not going to surprise anybody. And that, I think, to me, that should be a titanic matchup. Uh, I really look to see them, you know, stepping up and that's seven game series. And then who's going to have what left after that series to take on whoever comes out of the West, which I couldn't even tell you who's going to be in the, in the West conference finals right now. It could be Denver. It could be Memphis. It could be golden state. It could be Phoenix, right? It could be new Orleans. As I just mentioned, right. That the West is so wide open. And again, if any teams decide to make trades or God forbid, if injuries happen, that of course will change the landscape of what happens in the entire uh, association as we get ready. But, you know, this is the beauty of the NBA season, right? Is that in its 82 games, you know, things happen and you really have to kind of look at it and see who's wearing what's what. All right, my man, you back? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I hear you now. You okay. <laughs> All right, I fixed it. We had some audio difficulties. You see, that's why Gerard is a pro too. He was able to just keep, keep, it, it, keep going. it going. Keep it going. Keep it going. That's what you got to do in live TV sometimes, <laughs> man. You got to just be able to keep it going. Um, All great points there. And I'm glad what you said about the Pelicans. The, the other team that you mentioned that I wanted to talk about, mm-hmm. shout out to Greg for checking in. Also, shout out to, uh, I believe, Randy was in here with, with all the check-in. Um, you mentioned the Warriors. Mm-hmm. And you talked about, we know they're not going to go hard. We understand that they're, they're championship medal and what they've done before. Um, I, do we have a little bit of concern about this team and their depth, particularly in the fact well. that young players have not been what they thought. Wiseman went down to the G League, and Wiseman wasn't even dominating. He got recalled. He got recalled. Mm-hmm. He will be back with the team for their, their next game. He got recalled and is back up. He finally had a good game where he had a plus uh, positive differential in mm-hmm. terms of being on the court finally. But he did not look good down in the G League. He was not yeah. dominating. That's not a good sign when an NBA no. player goes down to the G League and doesn't dominate. Are you concerned about them in, in, in any way in, in terms of that? I'm to your point. I'm concerned about their depth. I ain't concerned about their starting five. Their starting five is still adjusted net rating, top three in the NBA, right? And they have championship medals. So now we know in the playoffs, your top five guys are going to play 38, 40 minutes a night, right? So 42, maybe even, right? So I'm not concerned about that, but you have to spell those guys at some point, right? And in those six minutes when Steph isn't on the floor, are you going to lose a lead or are you going to maintain the lead that you, right? That's the question that you have. And you know, guys off the bench that aren't really, you know, Otto Porter Jr., Nemanja Bielitsa, Gary Payton II, these were guys that fit into how the Warriors like to play. The Warriors play a very different style of offense than any other team in the NBA. They they run a lot of the same things in terms of split cuts, pick and roll, but they do it at hyper-fast speed, and it's read-react, read-react, and Steph and other players are constantly moving, Right. They give up good shots to get great shots. You always talk about, right? And Steph is the engine of that because he comes off of a screen. Everybody freaks. Two, three guys go to him. Draymond's got a wide open lane right for a dunk because ain't nobody worried about that because everybody's freaking out about Curry. You're freaking out about Clay on the weak side, right? Shooting threes. Again, that's all well and good. 
But when their young guys cannot continue that style of play, that causes a little bit of issues and concern. Now, you know, Steph, Clay, Draymond, these guys, they won a championship last year, but they're getting older, right? If they have to play a bunch of minutes early, heavy minutes early in the playoffs, is that going to wear them out as time goes on, as the rounds get harder and harder? And in a Western Conference, as I said, that's going to be tough. Particularly, let's say they get a matchup against a team like New Orleans, who's young and athletic and run up and down the floor. Or let's just say, forget that. A team that's very good, the Sacramento Kings. And the Kings stink on defense. But they race like crazy on offense. Come oh, man. Mm-hmm. Let's say they even beat this, the, the Kings. The Kings make that series harder than you want to. you got to expend more energy. Now, after that, i got to play the Pelicans in a seven-game series. It's like, oh. Like, you know what I mean? The young legs may run you out the gym eventually. Because you're not getting enough rest because your young guys aren't able to maintain leads. You got to get Steph back in the game because we're, we're down 10 now, right? And we, we got to come back. So I think that's something that bears watching. But here's something Golden State can do. Wiseman, Kaminga, Moody, and those guys, while they may not fit the Warriors now timeline, there might be teams who say, you know what? They got talent. We'll happily take them and build. We'll give you our older player who's on a, on a deal that may help you win today. Right. So you, you, you could look, look at something happening in, in that range. So, you know, don't 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 uh, don't count the Warriors out there. Yeah, they got they got some options um, they can do there. Um, looking at the East, mm. uh, you, you, you heard Greg talk about the Celtics being a favorite. I would agree with that. Um, teams are bunched up, though, from four to 11. It's it. The East is real, 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 real tight. Um, I mean, you know, after the Cavs, you know, the Hawks are six and a half games back in the Celtics. You know, even the Knicks are eight and they're eight and a half games, but there's only two and a half games between the Knicks at ninth and the mm-hmm. Hawks at fourth. And those teams mm-hmm. play each other tonight. We'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. Um, the Heat are out of the playoff picture. Uh, Brian Fonseca has been very quiet about that at 11, <laughs> uh, at 11 and 14. The Bulls, who are sort of in trouble right now, they've yeah. lost three in a row, uh, seven out of their last 10. Uh, what do you what do you make of the East and the parity there? And then we'll get to the Pacers, who are in the middle of that and surprising. Yeah. What do you? We'll get to that in a second. What do you make of the uh, East and where things are there? I'm with you in that Boston, Milwaukee, kind of the class. But I think Cleveland's like right underneath them. Mm-hmm. And then after those three, to your point, from Atlanta all the way down to even the Wizards at 11 and 13, you're talking about two games separates the, the fourth and, and, and tenth, right? So it's crazy. Like, but you have teams in there that can do some things. You have the Philadelphia 76ers who are waiting on getting everybody kind of back together and healthy. They still have Joel Embiid, who's an MVP candidate, right? So that's a team to watch out for. A team that we talk about ad nauseum all the time, the Brooklyn Nets. You still have Kevin Durant playing at an all-NBA level, at an MVP level. Now, the issue with them is, is that his running mates, Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons, or either are not playing or are not playing up to an all-NBA level. But you were starting to see signs. If those two guys play their level with Durant playing at his level, that's a team that could bump themselves right back up into that top four mix, right? So you have some options there uh, in the Eastern Conference. Look, again, it's just, it's wide open right now. The Raptors are getting a little bit of, um, they're kind of hovering around 500. Scotty Barnes in year two is having a little bit of regression to the mean. Um, David Thorpe said something interesting, uh, my colleague on True Hoop. You know, he said, it looks like Scotty did not spend the offseason really working on his game and refining. It's like, you, you play pickup, you can tell. But in terms of like working on his game, right? And you know, Dexter, in this league, what separates Steph and LeBron and Giannis and KD and all these great guys is every summer they are working on their game relentlessly. Yes, you may see them in those 
LA runs that show up on Instagram and all that silliness, but they're doing work in the dark, right? Putting, mm-hmm. getting their, that's how you're able to be all NBA multiple times, win multiple MVP. That's the only way you can do it in this league. This league is too fucking hard for you to just think, all right, I'm going to show up, do a little pickup in the summer. We good. I'll come. No, my guys. That ain't like, going to get it done. That, that ain't good. If you want to be one of them dudes, right? And so the, the league humbles everybody at some point. So I think we're, we're seeing, you know, Scotty will probably go back in the lab, work on his game this summer and be able to realize, oh, all right, this ain't what I thought it was, right? So, but, you know, you got, again, but even them, that's a team to watch out for, of course. And look, your Knicks, they can, of course, make trades. You know, the Wizards, Kyle Kuzma apparently is part of their future. They're not, they don't want to trade him, allegedly. That's what, that's what the word's coming out of Washington is. That's the word out of Washington, yes. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see. It's going to be very interesting. That brings me to the last thing on parity, which is, is this good for the league? Because you always will hear from people, oh, the league's better when you got a team you can hate. The league's better when you got a, a super team, when you got them up there, when it's parity like this. I, te- I tend to like it better this way, to be honest. Um, I, I think there's more balance. You don't know what can happen. It makes the, it actually makes the regular season more valuable. They still need to trim it down, but that's a whole other thing. But I think that that's something that could be really good for the league. I think parity is a fantastic thing for the league. It is absolutely helpful. It makes a lot of games exciting. You look at the way it's bunched up, and yes, it's early. Understood that it's early, and we could be seeing more separation when Gerard and I talk about this at late January mm-hmm. than we are now, early December. So a lot can change. But do you think it's good for the league, or or are you do you want it to go back to where you have a Miami Heat or a Golden State Warriors, where it's a team that's kind of running things? You know, it's so funny because the league has been built off of dynastic teams, right? The Lakers, the Celtics, the Warriors, the Bulls, the Spurs, right? Teams where you know, all right, every year the Heat, they're going to show up and and be in the NBA Finals. But then you hear from casual fans, oh, nobody likes that. That's why I hate the NBA because you know who's going to win every year when the the league starts. I'm like, even when we have those teams, you don't know that for sure. And you watch it because things still happen. I use this example all the time, and I will go back to it again. The Kevin Durant Golden State Warriors were down to the Houston Rockets in the Western Conference Finals. And had Chris Paul not gotten hurt, they'd probably lose that series, right? Like, it's just things happen. You never know what can happen. That's why we watch sports, right? Um, so I think it's good for the league to have, you know, sort of this idea of, like, man, anybody can be good. And it's also good to have um, new teams emerge and new franchises step up and, and, and show up, right? Memphis, New Orleans now this year. Sacramento, who hasn't been to the playoffs in 16 years. Dexter, this could be Sacramento can make the playoffs for the first time in 16 16- Years. 16. That's a long time. I I'm I, I didn't think they would this year. I think I took them. I think I had them for an under, but mm-hmm. I'm rooting for them, man, because those fans deserve it out there. They do. In Sacramento. They 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 definitely deserve it. It's been a long time. And they they to, to give credit to those fans, you know, I was talking to Kelsey Nicole Nelson the other day about the Wizards fans and how attendance isn't good there. Sacramento fans were showing back up as mm-hmm. you thought they would. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're out there and they're cheering and they're getting behind this team. So it's good. I agree with you, and it's something that's fun, interesting. You brought up something about the casual fan. The NFL got lauded for years about parity. Lauded for, oh, we got parity. You don't know mm-hmm. when, any given Sunday, blah, 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 blah. Which really shows you about the casual fan slash NBA <laughs> hater mm-hmm. in what they're saying, what the issue is here. Now when the NBA has parity, you still hear the same narratives. Oh, nobody plays. Somebody told me the other day, everybody in the NBA does load management. And I was like, you don't so watch. You, you, you don't watch. I was like, yeah, you don't watch. <laughs> and and now this this is this is what occurs. 
where you look at football this year, and I really brought this up to make this comparison, football this year, you can talk all you want about the the parity, but the quality of football has not been good. There are not a lot of good teams. Yeah. We, if you listen to what Gerard and I talked about here at the top, we not we are not saying the Phoenix Suns, who played a lot of their games without Chris Paul, mm-hmm. is not a good team. Mm-hmm. And we're t- I'm still going to Western Conference right now. We said the Pelicans, who we brought up their offensive and defensive rating, which mm-hmm. they are near top five in both, mm-hmm. and they haven't played with three of their stars for a good amount of time. Mm-hmm. They're showing to be a good team, and that's a new team, like Gerard mm-hmm. said, mm-hmm. that is now in the fold. We know about the Grizzlies and the continuity that they mm-hmm. have a newer team that's in the fold. Mm -hmm. You still have the narrative of the Warriors. Can they do it again? And we're talking Mm -hmm. about, do they have enough on their bench? So there's good stories. The Celtics, can they get back to the finals? The Bucks, can Giannis show the aptitude to get back? Can the Sixers finally break Mm -hmm. through, Mm -hmm. right? Are the Cavs really as good as we think Mm -hmm. they are? As journalists, too, and fans, because the Cavs for the fans, too, we like stories. We like good narratives. When there's parody, there's more stories. And we're going to get into another story now which yep. is the surprise of the league. Easily to me, you can talk about the Kings if you want. You can talk about the Jazz when they got to their start and they came back a little bit down to earth. Mm-hmm. But this has to easily be the most shocking thing in the NBA this year. The Indiana Pacers yeah, are man. 13 and 11. Mm-hmm. A team that everybody thought was th- tanking for Victor. Okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everybody thought so. I did. I said, bang, they're under. They trade heel. They trade Turner. I think their over-under was 24. They are at mm-hmm. 13 already mm-hmm. on December 7th. I'm stunned by this. <laughs> and this brings me to another thing, too, about the parody, Gerard. Should we be happy as NBA fans that the teams that we thought were going to tank, because I think this is added to the more competitive nature of the league, the teams that we thought were going to tank and be at the bottom are not at the bottom, and that has helped, too, to some of the parity. Now, of course, they're going to be bad teams by the time the year is over. Of course. But this has helped. Are you loving what the Pacers are doing this year and saying, hey, let's develop our young talent, Halliburton, Matherin, um, and seeing these guys go mm-hmm. off? Are you are you a fan of this? Yeah, man. I, I love what's going on in Indiana right now. You know, part of the reason why we didn't think Indiana was going to be this is because I don't think any of us saw Tyrese Halliburton being this kind of guy, right? He is, not only is he a shot creator, he is a shot maker. Um, Tyrese Halliburton's on the short list to me of potentially being a first-time All-Star, right? I mean, he is outstanding, leading the league in assists. Um, I mean, shooting 40-something percent from three on volume. Like, he's, the shot looks funky, but it don't matter. It's going in. Um, And when Miles Turner plays, he's excellent. Everyone knows about the rookie, um, Benedict Matherin, uh, who we loved over at True Hoop. Now, he can only do one thing right now, which is score. doesn't really know what's going on on the other side of the ball, but he can score. And then a rookie, who I know we're going to talk about later, who every team in the NBA could have had because he was picked in the second round, Andrew Nemhart, had a game winner against the Lakers, dropped 31 and 12 on the defending champion Golden State Warriors. With eight late boards. In, with eight boards. With eight boards. And late in that game, hit step with a cross, step back through. I'm like, okay. Okay, young fella, yes, I know it's it's the regular season. I understand that. But when you're a rookie, you, you need every reference point you can get. You, you, don't, you don't have all these things to go. So that's a reference point for him. Yeah, against the defending champs, I did that down the stretch. And, and so I love what this team has um, going on. They, look, they're young, so they do a lot of, you know, 
They're not great always defensively, right? Like, I mean, they, they make a lot of mistakes there. But look, I really think, and you know, Carlisle probably doesn't love <laughs> that he has all these young guys because you know how Rick Carlisle is. Um, but I think they have something going on in Indiana. The question is, is the organization good enough to recognize what they have and continue to build for the future with this? Because I said this before, organizations tank. Players don't tank. Right, right. Andrew Nemhar and Halliburton and... And Miles Turner and Buddy Heal and Matherin, they don't give a shit about Victor Wembanyama. They could care they, less. What they care about that dude for? They trying to stay. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, Miles and Buddy, whatever they got contracts, but these rookies, no, we trying to stay in this league and get that next contract and get paid. We ain't worried about no seven foot four dude who made. No, 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 no. You don't got time to think about that. I'm thinking about us and trying to get better right now. That's so right. It'd, it'd be interesting to see if they continue or if all of a sudden the GM starts doing funny things like, ah, why don't you sit out for a few weeks? Why don't we move this guy? Why don't we, that'll be interesting to see. But right now I like what they're doing. Yeah, I do too. And I'm intrigued to see what they do because I, I, everybody knows for me here, I'm in the school of thought when you can win and when you can develop winning culture, that matters. Don't abandon that. You know, it's like years ago, a couple of years ago, people were like, Hey, should the Knicks be winning and trying to make the playoffs? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, Getting yeah. that playoff experience matters. Um, and the same for this young team. Now, what, now whether they trade Turner, they trade Heald, mm-hmm. and then start doing some of the mm-hmm. funny stuff you're talking mm-hmm. about, mm-hmm. that'll be interesting to see. But let's talk about the rookies. Mm-hmm. Because at True Hoop, you guys were very high on Benedict Matherin pre-draft. Sure were. We were. Um, and then in Summer League, he was putting up buckets and giving out buckets. And mm-hmm. sometimes people say Summer League. And Andrew Nemhard, like you said, I don't, it's very early, so I do not want to get on this, but he is in that, you know, Desmond Bain was the last pick in the first round. He was the mm-hmm. first pick of the second round here mm-hmm. out of Gonzaga. A lot of people passed on Andrew Nemhard, mm-hmm. and I don't know what his future is or how he plays, especially behind Tyrese Halliburton, but Tyrese Halliburton was out the other night against Golden State, and he filled in admirably with mm-hmm. the numbers that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you like about both of these guys? And I want to start with Matherin. Because you're right, Gerard, that he just has the scoring right now and not much of anything else. But there's something in him that I like. He's got a bit of that I don't give a damn. He's got a little Kobe T-Mac in him that I really like. Something about his game. Now, he's not good defensively as those other two guys early on. I would like to say that. But Mm -hmm. offensively, he ain't scared of me. Nobody. And <laughs> I like it. Um, what do you think his ceiling is? And I know you talked to Coach Thorpe a lot about, yeah. about him too. Um, yeah. What do you guys think his, his ceiling is? So it's interesting because Thorpe thinks he can be, um, you know, sort of your six man, like off the bench. It's guaranteed, like, can get you 20 something points a night, like that dude, right? Like, gonna win, like, like Manu, gonna win a million six man of the year awards because. And starting doesn't matter. It matters, are you going to close and finish? And odds are you're going to be in a closing lineup because you can't take that scoring off the floor. And I don't, you know, it's very rare that I disagree with Thorpe about anything basketball related because, you know, this is what he does for, for a living. But I was saying to Thorpe, I was like, I could see it, though, in the future where the, the backcourt of the future is Halliburton and Matherin, right? I could see that. And, you know, it's what the kids say, Dex. Uh Matherin's got that dog in him, right? When you when you when you yeah. see that that little yes. thing on Twitter, they do the little uh, EKG, and you see the you see the pit bull inside the right. That's what you like. He's got yeah. that dog in him. He does. Right? He got that dog in him, and he has the profile of someone 
from his size and athleticism who should be good on defense, right? He has yeah. all the tools to be a good defender. Now, yeah. will he? I don't know. He's a rookie. Like, it's going to take time. He's got to give a shit on that end of the floor, right? Like, he's got to learn some things, but it will be interesting to see. And you mentioned Kobe. It's interesting. You know. Uh, here always, we go. Well, it, it, we go. But, it, but, but it's not even about Kobe so much as it is all these kids who grew up as Kobe is their guy. The Nets have a kid in Cam Thomas who, like, you know, Kobe is his guy. And it's like, yo, man, y'all come and leak thinking y'all Kobe. You ain't that, okay? These dudes who literally shoot every time they touch the ball, like, and don't look at nothing else, tunnel vision. It's like, look, man, I get it. It's all cool. You, when you were a kid growing up, used to shoot paper baskets at the day and yell, Kobe, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kobe. Cool, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. I get it. <laughs> but you ain't that, okay? Like, Learn and develop other parts of your game. You're looking off all NBA guys because you want to take one, go one on three. Like it's just, it, it's all, it's also a disrespect to Kobe because it's, it's very disrespectful I, because <laughs> you're, you're totally not acknowledging how good Kobe was defensively, even right. younger. Right. Like, right. And that was a huge part of his game. This guy was first team all defense 11 times. So, I mean, I, I will argue those last like five were not what? really, you know, Maybe the last three. I, no, I he, wasn't, he, he wasn't. He wasn't really that great at the end. Yeah. Let's let's be honest. Whatever. <laughs> Ele- what? Eleven is eleven. Trust the Kobe system. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, my my point being yes. is that you know I could see Matherin being that kind of guy, right? Like he's got the tools. And look, if scoring is the only thing you can do, that's a pretty good thing to know how to do already at this stage, right? Because ultimately, you have to score points in this league. So that's a what. So I love what I'm seeing from Matherin. We'll see how he develops. And again, we'll see how Indiana treats and handles this and how they develop their future because they have something here, right? They really do. So, it, and does, does, does Miles Turner say, you know what? We're actually pretty good. I'm going to rock with this thing with these kids. I think we could, we could build something here in the future. We'll see. We'll see. Do you, uh, yeah, no, I, 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 everything you said on, on Matthew is good. I think it's interesting Coach Thorpe sees him as a Manu Ginobili type. And just to be clear, if you end up as Manu Ginobili, that is nothing I mean, to sneeze at. That's, you're an that Hall is famous. nothing like, that I mean, you, You're a Hall of Famer. Like, right. I mean, what, are, what are we talking about here? You're a multiple-time champion and a Hall of Famer. Uh, yeah. That's pretty good. I, I would sign for that if I was coming into the league any day, right? right. Um, Nemhard, the, what do you think of him? I know people go crazy about what they saw with him the other day, but he's been solid when I've watched him off the bench. He looks like a steady in presence. Looks like he knows what he's doing. Do you see a ceiling higher for him than backup point guard, or what do you see? Do. What do you see with him? I, I think he's starting point guard, Dexter. The problem wow, is okay. he ain't, he ain't gonna start there because Halliburton's there. Um, I just it, he's a he's big in person when you when you see him up close. Um, six foot five, but like big hands, like he's rangy. I'm like, oh no, this this dude. I really see him as a starting point guard. The problem is he can't start there because because Halliburton's there. Shit. A lot of teams gonna need a starting point guard, right? I mean, look, look up and down this league. I mean, this is a kid who, you know, you think about a place like, imagine what he could do. Look, I, I don't want to jump on these guys because I don't know where they are yet. But Orlando, if he's the starting point guard with Paolo Bowl, I mean, well, and Franz, if it, Nemhard now on that team, they're way better, right? Because I, I, I think he's he has a decision making about that's different than. Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs. And I'm not saying Anthony and Suggs can't or won't be good. I don't know. But I already like Nemhard better than them right now. Wow. I was very high on Suggs. That's interesting. You're going with another Gonzaga guy over the Gonzaga guy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, it, so it'll be interesting to see where he ends up going. And look, I say this all the time. 
smart teams generally do smart things. Dumb teams generally do dumb things, right? Like it's, again, he went went first and second round, so 31st. Like he was available, but for whatever reason, y'all were looking at your scouting sheets or whatever, and he didn't match up for whatever reason. All right, cool. (laughs) But this is a guy who, you you see this, Again, who can play, right? The only, I mean, the last rookie to do something like this was Steph Curry in 20, what's that's rookie year? Eight, nine, whatever that was, 10? Yep. Like, the, he's out and he can shoot it. Like, he's very, very good. He just needs playing time. You know, Thorpe always says for players, it's like oxygen is playing time for them, right? And when you're young and a rookie, you need reference points. Yes, you can learn watching on the bench. Of course you can. But ain't no experience, like, actually playing getting your ass kicked and being like, oh, okay, this is how this is supposed to go. So we'll see. We'll see. Nemhard, Benedict Matherin, Pacers are good. We're going to talk some more Pacers for sure. we got to get somebody on here um, around the Pacers. we got some people uh, lined up to do that. We'll talk about some other stuff. All right, good stuff. Parity is good for the league, man. No need, to, no need for people to, to hate on that. It's a good thing for the league. Um, and I'm glad that we have a lot to talk about in teams that have been not just going into tank mode early in the season. That has made a huge difference. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll give you the best bets for Wednesday night to help y'all win some money. Gerard did good last week. I did not do as great last week, uh, but the other night I did good. Um, so we'll try to keep it hot when we come back. Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the NBA Exchange. All you got to do is sign up now and use the promo code NBAEX. Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep. That's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play. Download the Prize Picks app today. All right, welcome back to the NBA Exchange. Dexter Henry. I almost said Brian Fonseca for a second. Not Brian Fonseca. You would trust me, you know if it's Brian Fonseca. You feel a completely different energy. Violence. Violence. Yeah. Let's go. Completely different energy. Um, you would know. Uh, but time to talk about these bets. Uh interesting slate of games tonight. I believe there are eight in the league last tonight after they were three uh last night. So uh we got a little bit more action. Uh, in the league Gerard what's the first game you got for the people tonight well as you know I generally stay in Memphis with these games uh, you yeah know. what what a shock here <laughs> what a shock okay <laughs> gotta rock on my Grizzlies uh Oklahoma I wonder State who's Thunder. I wonder who he's picking too folks I just why I, I, I will say this though I will say this Oklahoma City Thunder playing very good basketball yes they are under 500 11 13 but oh man they compete and actually play hard as a basketball team right like and they have six Jay Gilders Alexander. I mean, that dude is liable to go off a 35 40 any night, and mm-hmm. no matter what you're doing, you're cooked. So look out for Oklahoma City now. Of course, I'm still picking the Grizzlies because you know they'll have <laughs> they'll have all their guys playing tonight. Uh back. And you know what's wild about the Grizzlies, man? I was looking at Desmond Bain, not Desmond Bain, excuse me, Dylan Brooks on off numbers. And you would think that, oh, when Bain, when 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 Brooks is off the court, they're better. Oh, they're actually worse. I know 
crazy ass Dylan Brooks, and you're like, please don't shoot that shot. They're actually better and outscore opponents when he's on the floor than off. It's wild. I know. I'm like, man, this is crazy talk. <laughs> yeah, yes, I know. I know. That's what I said too. I was like, what? Dylan Brooks? No, it can't be. Okay. True. It's right. true. It's true. Anyway, going with the with the Grizz tonight, minus seven and a half. Look, I, I when this team gets out and they flex and they're in front of their home crowd and they do their thing, really tough to beat. Uh Trey Jones will be the best backup point guard in the league. Um, we know about Ja. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr.'s back, um, you know, and he's actually scoring well. He's up to 19 points per game right now. I think he can crack that 20 mark. He's rebounding better this year as he, as he ever had in, in his in his young career. You know what he does defensively with his block shots and just also his switchability. Look, I think this team, they saw some things last year in their run to the conference semis. I think they're hungry. They want to kind of get back to that level and show, like, look, man, we, we want to advance, advance beyond. So I like Memphis tonight, uh, minus seven and a half. Um, the over/under in that game is two thirty-two and a half. I'm gonna go with the under there. I think Memphis kind of clamps down a bit and plays some defense. Look at the under as far as your props. Look at SGA twenty plus points, Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, two plus blocks, and a Grizzlies win. You could also look at John Morant twenty-five plus points, uh, Jaron again with the blocks, and, and a and a and a Memphis win there. I think I'm gonna be all over uh, that block line for mm-hmm. Jaron Jackson Jr. Mm-hmm. That's one I've been looking at. It's one of the values you can get. Mm-hmm. Uh, Memphis healthy tonight. I like that. I like them to cover at home tonight. I like that number seven and a half, not too mm-hmm. high, kind of in that range. I would take it. So I like that one. All right, you know Gerard's gonna talk about the the Grizzlies. So that means you know I'm gonna talk <laughs> about the Knicks. What a shock here! The Knicks Hawks tonight. Uh, Knicks fans, you should be pumped for this one as usual. Trey Young is in the building. Uh, new, real quick uh, before you go, Dex. Yes. How are you feeling about Trey Young and his um apparent issues in Atlanta? Yo, so I think it was Brian who put this in the chat, group chat the other day, and I was not up on all that. It ain't good, last, I'll say that. Last year, I remember you and I talked about this, and we talked about it on this show. So last year we talked about, uh, we've been hearing some stuff out of Atlanta. I had heard some things too. Uh, everything is not copacetic, and we're not sure if the dudes around the team actually like Trey. This is people in NBA circles have heard this. If there was a good vibe, especially particularly between him and John Collins, that had come up. I don't know all the inner workings of the locker room. If your coach is saying to you, and Nate McMillan is an old school coach, he's not old in that way, but you know, he played in the 90s. Mm-hmm, There's a certain sensibility I'm mm-hmm. saying that comes with that there. Your coach is kind of like, look, you need to let me know if you're healthy or not. If you're not healthy, um, you're not dealing with this treatment, you are either going to come off the bench or just don't show up to the game. And then you don't show up to the game when your teammate John Collins, who's in a walking boot, shows up to the game. Here's what I will say. Not a good look. Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to be the offensive leader. You're not the offensive leader. You've not shot the ball as well this year. I know Brian has put him into the we don't believe you, we need more people category. And that is going to be an episode coming up soon on NBA with Nuance. We are going to do something on but we don't believe you need more people. Um, that's going to be an episode soon. We might have to get Brian off of that. But you can't do that as a leader is what I'm saying. And they have struggled. And I'll get into that when I talk about this game. They've had offensive struggles. I don't think it's a good look. 
it makes me then worry a little bit about Nate McMillan because we know how these things go sometimes where the organizations tend to side with the player and not the coach. But it's not a good look for the leadership of the Atlanta Hawks. And I think a lot of people have been high in the Atlanta Hawks after the one year when they beat the Knicks and went to the run to the conference finals. I was not high in them last year. I was not surprised about their regression. I'm not surprised about where they are last year. I do not love that roster in the way a lot of other people do um, because I would ask people outside of Capella and Young, what are you really, really excited about there? Um, mm, so you're not a DeAndre Hunter believer is what you're saying. No, I'm not. Mm. I, I'm not and probably not for the value paid at. I'm not a John Collins believer. Um, and then you have an Echo Congo who you're like, all right, where does he play behind Capella? There's just things I'm not a believer in. I think they still need to make some moves on that team. And so that's just where I am. I've not been as high as some uh, other other people. Before you get into your bet, I'll just say this. Sure, sure. It is not a good look. And look, you're young and you can grow into a leader and all that. He's only 24, right? He can mature and get better. But you mentioned that these teams usually go with the coach. They did that once already. They fired mm-hmm. Lord Pierce, right? Mm-hmm. And according to Shan's reporting, they said Nate's job is safe. And the word is Trey's got to change the way he's leading to be more effective uh, on this on this organization. I'll say this. Yes. Trey Young last year set the tone with his whole it's when they lost those first two or three games. It you is were hard one to, of the first people I heard bring this up. It's hard to get up for the regular season after what we accomplished. My guy, what what did you accomplish? You've been to one conference finals. You ain't accomplished shit. And Murph pointed this out his rookie year. When have you ever seen a player? score a game-winning basket, and none of his teammates come out and celebrate with him on the floor. When In every NBA game, you see it. Everyone will run off the bench and get, and get hyped. Nobody. Look, I'm just saying, add all those things up. And again, not to be Grizzlies guy, but oh, wow. but, 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 but just, to, just to draw the point of comparison. But I was going to make this comparison too. So when, I, Jod, I when Jod does stuff, how does that team react versus when Trey does stuff and how they react? That's all I'm saying. What you're to your point of what you're saying is there's a joy your leader plays with, and if you're not seeing it, and I think the Grizzlies comparison is a good comparison, not because you're a Grizzlies guy, because the fact of that these are two young teams that have had a young core that have been to the playoffs. Um, you can say the Hawks have went further, but I would actually say I probably would bet more on the culture in Memphis than I would on the culture in Atlanta, and it has nothing to do with the coaching staff and the management but it has more to do with the leadership on the court. It matters on all levels. We talk about this all the time. It matters at the top. It matters with your coach. It matters with your on-court stars, right, and how they lead. John Morant plays with a joy that seems to be infectious to everybody, even though we get on Dylan Brooks and how sometimes he can be maddeningly inconsistent. We even see Dylan Brooks plays with a joy. And people seem to like, you know, I'm sure there's probably guys that shake their head at Dylan Brooks, but I don't think they dislike Dylan Brooks. Mm-hmm. Something I say all the time, you can show up to work, everybody ain't got to like you, everybody ain't got to want to hang out with you, everybody doesn't want to have to go have a drink with you, but they need to respect you and what you do when you come into it and how you go about your work and what your get down is and how you go about your work. People either respect that or they don't. People are willing to go behind you. They might not like you. They might think you're a weird dude or a girl or woman or whatever it might be, but if they respect your work ethic and how you come, Here's what the guys are not going to respect. Are we supposed to be in this as a team? John Collins could show up when he's in a boot, but you couldn't show up because you had a disagreement with the coach. It comes across petty. It comes across immature. But here's what you got to worry about, too, with somebody like Trey Young. Trey Young is a guy who's been 
the best at what he's done mm-hmm. for a long time. He's been the guy in high school. He was a man mm-hmm. of Oklahoma, mm-hmm. led the nation in scoring and assists, did all that. And now he comes and they gave him the keys to the, you know, the organization, even though he should have drafted Luca. But there's all this stuff, and now you're acting like this. Not a good look, man. Not, Not a, a good look. look. That brings us to tonight's game. The Hawks are in New York to battle the Knicks. Knicks are one and a half point favorites in this one. Hawks plus 105 on that money line. Over under here is 233. Here's my thing with this game. Knicks fans, you're going to get excited because you're saying, oh, well, the Knicks had a good, and they had a good win against the Cavs. The Knicks finally played some defense, guarded the three point line. I was very impressed by what we saw from Quentin Grimes in that game. Tom Thibodeau, who some of you out there, I've had the narrative that I've criticized tons and tons of times. Oh, he doesn't make any adjustments. Oh, he doesn't play the young dudes. That man put Derrick Rose on the bench and Cam Reddish on the bench and put Miles McBride in because he wanted more defense. Which says to me, Tom Thibodeau says, if I'm going down, I'm going down with defense. And I ain't mad at him for that. You got to inject some life wherever you can. Now, the other problem for the Knicks is they can't shoot. They can't shoot the ball from the three. They are, no, this is not, they just saying they can't shoot. They are statistically the worst in the league. At 31.3%. They are statistically the worst team in the league shooting the ball. Now, the Hawks, they were a good three-point shooting team, but not this year. They have not been shooting the ball at a high rate from three. They're not making a lot of their threes either. They're just a little bit better than the Knicks. That's not good. Trey Young's now coming back, trying to get in rhythm. We'll see. The thing with both of these offenses, both of these offenses are eh, middling. They're struggling. And they also don't defend the three that well the Knicks for particular the Hawks defended a little bit better so my best bet for this game is forget the spread forget the money line look at that over under 233 I think that's a little bit too high in terms of these two offensive teams that are struggling I don't see this being a high game in their recent matchups in this four to last five both teams have averaged about 111 points so that puts you at 222 this is pretty much what these teams will play to and that's even in some years when the offense was better so I'm banking on the under here. Give me the under here for 233. I'm not touching the line. I wouldn't look at that at all. I would give me give me the under here. Now, a prop I would look at for this is Trey Young. I took this prop for him the other night against OKC, who they lost to. And I had him over two and a half threes. He did not hit that at home. Trey Young also looked like he had no interest in shooting threes in that game as he was shooting a lot of floaters. But Trey Young is at the Garden. And you know what the Garden does to some people and some villains. I like Trey Young to hit over two and a half threes in this one. If you see that and you got good value on that, I would bang that at the Garden. I think that's a good bet. That's a good prop to look at. Also, anything with Clint Capella grabbing over 10 boards, I might look at that too. Uh, as far as the Knicks go, uh, yeah, I don't have a prop for them. Sorry, guys. I do not. <laughs> uh, but but bang, that, bang that under for the 233 uh, there, Knicks-Hawks. That would be my best bet for that game. Uh, Gerard, what is your next matchup? The Detroit Pistons and New Orleans Pelicans. Look, man. I wonder where you're going here. <laughs> We're going with the Pelicans. <laughs> Look, the the Pistons are 27th in adjusting net rating, 22nd on offense, 29th on defense, aka second to worst defense in the entire NBA. Uh, Pelicans are going to win big. I like them. The points don't scare me. Ten and a half. I like the Pelicans in a blowout really? here at home. Ooh. It doesn't scare me. Pelicans at home in a blowout now. You're over under to 29 and a half. I would go under because I don't think Detroit's going to score enough points. I think it's going to be one of those situations where they have a rough night shooting and New Orleans just kind of gets on a run and get and gets out gets out of the way here. Look at a Zion Williamson double double prop, perhaps. 
Um, I know he's got balance when he's out there on the court that gobbles up some rebounds, but watch that. Look for Jose Alvarado. Uh, a steal and two-plus made threes, and the Pelicans win. So we're going to odds you're getting on that. Uh, the Pistons, I ain't got no no props for them because it's the Pistons. Damn, no props for the Pistons. <laughs> can't get a little Jaden Ivey. Can't little, nah. get a little Killian Hayes. Nah, Both of y'all let me down in props last <laughs> you night, You see? Guys. You see? There you go. That's Both of y'all let me down in props. So I can't blame Gerard for being out here like, nope, we're not trusting you again. Y'all let me down last night. We're not even going to talk about that. Um, last game of the night, Indiana Pacers team we talked about, plus 158 on that money line versus the Timberwolves, minus four and a half, over under is 236. Now, the Timberwolves, probably one of the most disappointing teams in the league. And when I saw this game, I was inclined to go with the Pacers because of how they've been playing, coming off the big win a couple nights ago against the Golden State Warriors. However, this is their third game in four nights, and they have a lot of injuries. Halliburton still likely will not play in this one. Okay, Miles Turner uh, is going to be probably a game-time decision. There's too many injuries you have to worry about in terms of looking at who's going to play for the Pacers here. The Timberwolves, they are coming off of a loss. Uh, recently, I think they they have a couple days of rest. I think their last loss was to, I believe it was to OKC. I might, I might have that wrong. Um, their last loss for OKC. They've been rested. I'm not a believer in them, but I think this is a good spot against a tired Indiana Pacers team on the road, coming into their building. They're a bit rested. I'm going to go with the Timberwolves here. The Timberwolves badly need a win. They really, really need a win. This has not been a, a good start to the year from them with Cat out, and we've really been keeping their eye on how this team plays with Cat being out. That's very interesting to me. But the line is low enough, which is showing you a lot of respect for the Indiana Pacers here. Despite all the injury concerns, this line is four and a half. That should tell you, I mean, don't want to trust the Timberwolves, but I'm going to here, begrudgingly, I'm going to trust them. <laughs> and I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, give them to cover the four and a half points here. I think that's good. That over under of 236, I can see being right around there, but I'd stay away from that. Give me the Timberwolves to cover. In terms of props, a Rudy Gobert double-double could be nice, although my concerns with that is that Miles Turner is a guy who could stretch him out from the, the paint a little bit, so that might limit the rebounds. We'll see what, what, what happens there. I would look for Anthony Edwards anywhere over 23.5 points, anywhere 24. I played up to 24.5 points. That's another good prop I'd look at. But give me the Timberwolves to cover. Look at the Anthony Edwards prop, and you might be good there. But who knows? The Timberwolves might let me down the way the Detroit Pistons players let me down Man. last night. It is the Timberwolves, after all. It is the Timberwolves. Can't ever be too impressed impressed with them on that. Uh, that's going to do it for this edition of the NBA Exchange. Thanks, for everybody, for checking in. Uh, shout out to my man Greg, checking in with all the comments. Greg, I know you were happy to hear about your boy Benedict Matherin representing for the Haitians out there. Sac passe, my boule. There you go. <laughs> representing for the Haitians out there. Benedict Matherin representing out there. And he, look, we'll see if he's more than a score. It'll be interesting. Um, there will be no show on Friday, just to let people know. Have something to take care of. Uh, actually, have to go, sadly, to a funeral for my boy's grandmother. Uh, rest in peace to Grandma Slater. Uh, and condolences to the Slater family. Uh, have to do that. So there will be no show on Friday. Uh, but we will be back on Monday. We'll have some other good teams to talk about. We got the Suns. We got a lot of teams we got to check in on. Because there's parity in the league. Mm-hmm, and for mm-hmm. you casual fans out there not liking it, I don't know what to tell you. Go watch the NHL. Go <laughs> or if you like hot takes, you know where to go find that. If you ain't going to find that here, Nuance, baby. Nuance on a Wednesday. That's how we do it with Gerard Hector. Go check out Gerard's work. 
with True Hoop. They do their thing every Monday and Friday. Also, check them out, Seven for this podcast. Jenna and Gerard just had their latest episode yesterday. Um, I believe that was that is archived mm-hmm. and up. You can check that out as well, too. I'm Dexter Henry. We'll be back. We have more content. You know where you'll see Gerard with me soon. You know, you know where to find us in all the places. Mm-hmm. We'll be soon. Mm-hmm. Until next time, y'all. Enjoy the basketball. Peace.